0: Thanks for joining us for the MEP Manufacturing Podcast, Transforming Manufacturing Enterprises. MEP believes that there are some elements to a manufacturer's business, whether it's finding their inefficiencies, strengthening their internal processes, or even unlocking their growth, that can extend a manufacturer beyond its current limitations. So every episode, take a journey with us as we speak with manufacturers, legislature, subject matter experts, and so many more as we head down the path of manufacturing across the state of Massachusetts. Whether we're in Boston, Worcester, or out in Springfield, maybe even in the Berkshires, we'll be here every week and we'll explain to you more about manufacturing and what's happening right in your own backyard. Hello, everyone. Welcome to
1: the Mass MVP Manufacturing Podcast. I'm Haley Steele. And
2: I'm Emma Millman.
1: And, uh, yes, we are back. It has been a while, Em. So welcome back.
2: Thank you, thank you. Yep.
1: Um, it is November, end of the year. Two months left. end of the year. Yes, yeah. Big month. So uh, we'll have some fun uh, podcasts coming up. In the future, you can bring your holiday stories with you for the Christmas one and then our New Year's one.
2: Yeah, I'm ready for it. Good, good, Especially super. Especially the New Year's one. Can't yeah. wait to hear everyone's. Um, See, I don't even know what they're called anymore. Right. Because uh, you New don't. New Year's. Yeah. What's the wish? Resolution. The resolution. Yeah. Jeez.
1: You don't do them. That's why.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's why I like listening to I everyone know. else's. And I then don't. I ask them in March how it's going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's good. Because uh, today we're here. Um, talking about safety. And uh, we did just have Thanksgiving and Turkey Day, and I'm sure if OSHA had jurisdiction uh, at homes, they would have had a grand time uh, with people frying turkeys and the safety of that. But today we're here to help the businesses maneuver their way through OSHA and safety. So let's talk to the subject matter experts or the SMEs, as we like to call them, of safety. Uh, Darcy has a lot of letters after her name. Um, She can tell you what those all mean. I just, I have no idea I'm going to go with, I can make up all kinds of things as to what they might be those letters, but she knows the professional terminology. Uh, She also is the owner of smash it too. Uh, If you ever get an opportunity you want to go there it's a great place Um, and CPR Inc, which is known to most of us as safety trainer so welcome back Darcy. And I also would like to introduce our special guest for today which is Marianne Falvey. She is the new director at the Office of Safety for the Department of Industrial Accidents. Whew, that's a that's a good one Marianne. That's it's, um I bet that alone probably took you a week in onboarding just to remember what your title was. Sure did. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. So-
3: Thank you, Marianne, uh, and of course, Darcy. It's good to have you back. I'm excited to be back here. I love working with Mass MEP, and I'm even more excited for you to meet our special guest today. Before we get ahead of ourselves and
1: we speak with our special guest, Marianne, why don't you catch us up on what's going on with OSHA
3: and give us some updates? So I'm going to give you some quick updates, a couple different things, sadly and unfortunately, right, when we look at the statistics that have come out for the 2021 in terms of the top 10 most cited um, topics or standards related to our industries, I'm going to be just focusing on general industry as most of you are manufacturers joining us today. The heavy hitters are still last year's heavy hitters, which are still the year before's heavy hitters, which means that unfortunately injuries and illnesses in the workplace continue to happen, and OSHA is 50 years old. I'm 50 years old, and OSHA is 50 years old. So we're celebrating our birthday years together, but that means your grandparents and your great-grandparents were not protected, and you have the added benefit of having not only the OSHA to oversee you, but again, my special guest today is going to give you guys a way to help your company your business and your employees, not only from a compliance perspective, but actually working to help you guys even change your culture when we talk about safety. So what are the big hitters this year that we can expect OSHA to still be looking for in the 2022 into the 2023 season? Well, on the top leaderboard, we have respiratory protection. So if you are a company that has half masks or use N95 masks, now we're not talking about for COVID or infectious disease protection. If you are using N95 masks in your tooling rooms, in your spray painting booths, if you're using it for sanding and grinding, if you're using a respirator, you need to make sure that you have a program that's clearly identified, laid out, and training put in place.
2: One thing OSHA is consistent with is definitely the training. And I can see how communication could be hazardous in certain circumstances, but overall, what really is hazardous communication? What does that mean?
3: How do we train our employees in the state, in the, in the, risks associated with the chemicals of their department in the building Uh, how we label them safety data sheets Uh, what's the training that we're doing to teach them how to do those secondary containers and big containment and spill containment and all that communication okay
1: so these titles are just throwing me for a loop today but we had hazardous communication and then here's another one you have to explain this I feel like we're in one of those episodes of the reality shows where people don't get along and then they have to go in and purchase those fancy crystals with this
3: next one. Hazardous um, energy. So think about lockout, tagout. How are we de-energizing machines? Your service and maintenance departments are doing service and maintenance. They're fixing, they're repairing, they're updating, they're changing. Even your operators are involved in moving parts. And it's really important to make sure that those moving parts aren't going to move or accidentally turn on while your employees are doing the work that they need to do. So
2: far, these have been items that may not affect everyone in our audience specifically. So is there one that you have
3: that covers a good percentage of our manufacturing audience? is going to impact every single one of you. Um, it's very rare, like very rare, like probably less than 1% rare that I go in a manufacturer who does not have power industrial trucks, who don't have pickers and forklifts and motorized pallet jacks. And this continues to be a, a high cited, highly cited uh, for OSHA. So are you guys doing your three year certification and trainings in-house do you have someone who's doing in-house training you always bring a third party what do you do with your new onboarding after they've been there and you decide that they are going to operate forklift how are you getting them up to speed and getting them trained Uh, your inspection process that needs to happen with forklift driver operations Those are all key elements, Um, and most importantly, your environment. Have you put the mirrors on the corners so people aren't going to run each other? Are you guys using horns? Do you have signs posted? Are your walkways clearly and visibly lined and laid out so that pedestrians are paying attention to forklifts and forklifts are paying attention to pedestrians?
2: At the beginning of the podcast, you had mentioned the top 10 items that are cited. Can you just remind us again how many of these are specific to manufacturing? Um, or what you would consider general industry. And then if you could just give us an update on what's going on with the current administration and their scope on OSHA.
3: Also applied to general industry and manufacturing, which is your machine, guarding. So when's the last time you guys did an audit around your machine guards? Are your employees complaining because the guards are in the way? Um, do we have to reconstruct your guards? What if you buy a piece of brand new equipment and it doesn't even come with the guards? How are you finding these aftermarket guards? Are we painting them a different color? It's so much better when you hire a new employee and you'd move them into a department. If the guards are painted a different color on the machines, you can say, those are guards, don't take them off, don't remove them. If they're in your way, go see your supervisor to keep people Safe in the workplace. Of those top 10, one, two, three, four, five of them are related to general industry and five related to construction. So it's a 50 50 between the two organizations. And um, under this administration, the Biden administration, they put some initiatives forward. Um, They intend to increase the budget for OSHA. Um, They are looking at putting 75 safety technicians in place, 63 support personnel for federal enforcement, 63 workers just to support the referral so as you all know your employees are are able capable allowed encouraged if you are not paying attention to your safety program if you are ignoring what needs to happen if your employees are coming to you and identifying hazards and asking you to fix them and correct them and your team does not um take care of it, doesn't fix it, doesn't repair it, doesn't train your employees, then you run the risk of them calling in to OSHA. And so they're adding 63 full-time employees to what's called the Whistleblowers Program to address those referrals and concerns from employees in your workplace, as well as 60 other employees to help with just on the compliance assistance element. So they're raising their budget, multiple millions. Um, They are looking to reinforce these departments that haven't had much change. In a long time. No,
2: that's definitely very significant. But what about um, value adds for our audience? Is there any that you can mention?
3: I think it's important for you guys to realize that you can go to OSHA.gov/news/. New releases and literally OSHA will tell you what you can expect, what's coming, who are their new partners, what are they enforcing, what are the upcoming events, all of the new. um, I tell you guys all the time, OSHA has tons of great resources on their page to guide you. We know that most of your companies don't have a single safety officer. And even if you have a single safety officer, all the things related to health and safety, compliance and environmental, it's hard for one person to do alone. So we include a We include the operations. We include, obviously, plant and facilities. We need them. And so because you guys are sharing those responsibilities and adding it to your already full-time 40-hour-a-week job, it might be hard sometimes to keep up with all the changes that are happening. So we want you to know that OSHA has a page, OSHA.gov forward slash news forward slash new releases, that you guys can go and see everything that's happening in each year in real time and what you can expect in the in the years coming forward. So a couple of quick little bullet points is they are addressing vi- serious violations. If you've ever worked with my company and organization, you might hear a little sarcasm out of the fact that really big companies with really lots of money sometimes don't do the safety programs that they're sh- supposed to, because unfortunately they have the money to spend on fines. And we haven't seen um, strong initiatives from OSHA to go back to those guys and be like, this is a willful violation or a repeated violation. And we can't allow you to just keep paying the fines. So they're up, they're up in their game. In September, uh, this year, they released what the new serious violations program is going to look like. Um, For our region, we guys, we are in region one. And so region one has actually formed a partnership with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Sadly, through the COVID, coming out of the COVID, the uh, opioid epidemic prior to COVID, uh, we have increased numbers in suicide and mental health challenges in the workplace. And so OSHA has really formed this partnership. There's lots of resources that can support you if you're in the HR element of your company and your organization that you can check out on their websites. Other areas, they are changing the rulemaking. They are looking to change the process and revise the standard when it comes to lead exposure. They're also looking at amending the injury and illness record keeping rules and actually lowering it. A lot of you who are manufacturers are high risk or are on their high risk list. That means that 250 more recently, you guys all started to electronically submit everything to OSHA. They actually want to lower that number to 100 employees or more. Um, and then last but not least, they are revamping the power industrial truck forklift standard. They're moving it to the ANSI standard. So what does that mean, Darcy? ANSI, well, you probably heard me mention it before. OSHA is Minimum compliance for your organization. Minimum, the very least, the lowest denominator expectation for you to create a safe and healthy workplace. ANSI, it's like a step up from OSHA. And now OSHA is actually going to move their forklift driver operator training standard and program up to the ANSI standard. So we'll look forward to and inform you guys when that changes. And of course, for many of you, we probably have already just been talking about and you made the edits to your heat plan. Um, OSHA put out an initiative that says, hey, it's hot and it gets hot a lot, and in manufacturing, it can get really hot, (laughs) and so what are we doing about it with our employees? What's the plan? What's the action item that we take when it turns 80 degrees or higher in our um, facilities, and so they have really been pushing for us to make changes and put plans together for that, and so we worked with a lot of companies over this past summer to kind of start to lay that foundation, and I don't see that going away or changing, so that is a big initiative. They got a homepage for it right on there. Um, website. So if you did not take time this summer to kind of start to write that plan and implement the plan and talk to your managers and supervisors of what it means when it hits 80 degrees in your building, or what it means when you hit 90 degrees in your building, it's time to have that conversation and get yourself ahead of the curve for next year. Okay, with all the main changes that I kind of started to bullet point out, and you guys already know how big your to-do list is. What do I say about safety? It's big, it's a big elephant. And you guys clearly cannot eat an elephant in one bite, right, we got to do one bite at a time. So we encourage you to do safety throughout the whole year. We encourage you to do inspections throughout the whole year. We encourage you to put a safety committee together who can help manage this as a team, right? Two eyes are better, you know, two, four, six, eight eyes are better than just one set of eyes.
1: Okay. So thanks, Darcy. Uh, Obviously, you need to take a breath. uh, And while you do and get your thoughts together, uh, would you please do us the honors for our next guest? Because I do know this is something you have been very excited about um, and spoke to us about coming into this.
3: So I am super excited. Marianne Fowley, she is a new director of the Department of Industrial Accidents and wait till you meet this lady. She is a dynamo. I've only had some brief interactions with her and I love her and you are going to too. I am over the top. When I found out she took the seat in this position, I got a chance to talk to her. I started telling everyone about it. It was like Christmas came early for me and it came early for you. Because once you meet this dynamic lady and she shares with you her vision, the future, what DIA potentially could look like, because it's all about you. It's as, as she shared with us earlier, it's free money. You guys, it's free money in an area where no one else is willing to help you. Safety is considered the cost of doing business. Okay. It's something that you as business owners have to absorb. You're required to do it. You're mandated to do it. And there's not many people willing to reach out and help you and support you to allow you the, the funding to get this training completed. But here she is, Miss Marianne Falvey, my new best friend, your new best friend, I guarantee you the (laughs) director of the department of industrial accidents. We're so excited
4: that she's here. all right well good morning everybody and thank you for having
2: me I'm, I'm not really sure how i follow that i hope i can live up to it thank you for joining us today marianne and welcome to the mass MEP podcast um can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um i am the new director for the office of safety i'm
4: excited to be here Uh, It's new for me. I come from the private industry. My background is claims and risk management. I've been the adjuster on the front line for Liberty Mutual, a manager for Aon for the cities and towns of the state of Connecticut. And more recently, I handled the U.S., Asia, and Europe for AIG, bringing uh, new technology, wearable technology, something I'm very excited about, to the work site with the idea that you could disrupt bad behavior before it became a bad accident. But I now sit uh, as the director for the Office of Safety. We are, I guess, the child of the DIA, where we sit within the Department of Industrial Accidents. And uh, I guess that makes us the grandchild, Executive Office of Labor and Workforce Development.
2: So Marianne, what exactly does your organization do?
4: Basically, like Darcy said, our job is to give away money. And we've been giving away a lot of money this year. Um, All the things that Darcy talked to you about, all the trainings that you need, all the funding that you need, we can't solve all of it, but we can help with as much of it as possible. So we are a source of funding for Massachusetts-based employers that are in good standing and insured under uh, Workers' Compensation Act, uh, MGL 152. Essentially, it means that if you operate in Massachusetts and you're insured under the Massachusetts statute and good standing essentially means that Department of Revenue is not chasing you. Sometimes they may be chasing you for 30 bucks, you pay it, you're still in good standing as far as we're concerned. But if you are an operating entity in this state, uh, we can probably help you, at least we aspire to help you. Okay, so you talked
1: about who you are and what you do. So now do you wanna go into a little bit more information about who you're not?
4: A little bit about what we're not. We are not OSHA. We are not a collection agency. We're not a reporting authority, and we don't issue fines. We issue checks. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the grant process. And being the new kid on the block, I have a lot of things I'd like to do in the office, and we are in the process of doing it. But a little bit about the program. You know, the program comes from the losses or the risks that you are trying to curb, uh, I always tell people, you know, you look at your injury log, you know what your risks are, you know where you're, where you're bleeding, essentially, you do the analysis, you define your mitigation plan, you decide who you're going to, you know, do the training, and, um, and you hire your uh, trainers to do so. And our grant process sort of works the same way. We have um, a five-page online program that is essentially tied to the fiscal year. So I'll talk a little bit about the fiscal year. We get our grants awarded by the legislature in July. Um, Somehow we've had $800,000 for the last 31 years. I'm trying to change that. I've actually asked to them to double our budget for next year. So fingers crossed, we'll be a little bit more like Santa than Scrooge next year. But um, we're tied to a process where the grants come in the money comes in, you do the application, you are tied to completing the training by June 30th, and you need to submit to us by um, July 15th. But what's more important? What's more important is how we can help you. We can help you with whatever types of training may be germane to your type of business. So we can do help you do everything from OSHA 10 and 30 to ergonomics, CPR, injury, asbestos, you know, you name it, if you need to do it and you have a Massachusetts-based trainer, we can help you with it. And, and there are not a lot of rules. Again, you need to go through our five-page uh, application process and the application process basically says who you are, tell me your story, tell us your story, tell us a little bit about your company, what your losses are and what it is you you're trying to fix. How are you going to fix it? What kind of training do you want to use and who do you want to use? And then a, a budget. We need your budget proposal. We're going to train 50 people, Marianne, and you know CPR, and this is who we're going to use. Of
1: course, in our eyes, we know that the Massachusetts-based trainer is Safety Trainers um, with Darcy. But is there a time limit on this, Marianne, or a timeline, I guess, is that um, what we're looking for? And can you give us
4: an idea on that? The next application process is going to start uh, February 1st, so you'll be hearing a lot more about it. But the uh, application process itself, I think, is relatively simple, getting the documents might getting the documents into us maybe a little bit burdensome we have a five page application process again a little bit about your company the losses the training that you'd like to use who's going to do it a summary and then there are there are documents that you need to send in to us we need um, a certificate of good standing there is a link right within our landing page for that um, a certificate um, of unemployment insurance there's also a link for that. We need your fine number that goes on in the system. And, and then it's a John Doe application um, sort of filled out for you to, to sort of give you an idea of what we need. But we are going to have a new season of safety beginning in January, and the application process will begin in February. I hope with a lot more money. And I also hope that we are going to modernize uh, the system. We are in the process of making everything uh, online as opposed to on paper with the beginning of that process. So we're going to move a little bit from the Flintstones towards the Jetsons. So hopefully you won't have to send contract documents to one email, your application to another, and the third one for inquiry. Hopefully you'll be in our system. And once you're in the system, you'll stay in the system and your application just will change from year to year.
2: That's super funny that you just said that because we literally just did a podcast and the title on it was the Jetsons. Uh, So we're totally in agreement with you, but from your perspective and where you've been in the past, um, where do you see the future for this?
4: Um, where I like to see this going, coming from the other side of the private industry that had manufacturing clients like Whirlpool, transportation companies like Veolia Transportation, and, and anybody and everybody in between cities and towns, I'm familiar with the injuries I used to investigate and pay them. And so I'm always looking for ways to help mitigate, in addition to the time, what can we bring to the market? I will be bringing a lecture series starting next year where hopefully people can gather again and we can find out clinically what's going on out there that might be helpful to you. What is Disney doing? What is BMW doing? Are there sensors that you can put on the body? There's a great company called Kinetics that I worked with that um, we had a six-month trial um, that uh, basically it's a beeper-like apparatus that you put on the body it and it templates the way you walk and you move and it's got NIOSH, you know, requirements programmed into it and it gives you an alert every time you do something bad. And so we were able to reduce the incident reporting of musculoskeletal injuries by 90% in the first uh, 60 days. And it stayed at uh, up until the ninth month, which is when our program ended. But so I'm looking forward to bringing um, contractors, clinical stuff, sharing stories, finding different ways you might be able to use training and apply it to your risk with the idea that it's going to reduce eventually down your risk modification. It's the whole idea. Can you ensure and can you keep more money, uh, money in your bottom line? Can you keep your employees healthy? Can they leave uh, and go home as well as they did when they came in? And in terms of Thinking about doing the training and how you want to put together a grant, things you might want to think about in terms of being creative, there are really endless opportunities. Again, anything that applies to your book of business is open for discussion and and training. But if you are a smaller organization, you may be able to uh, partner with a sister company or a like company and do a consortium grant associations can pull together and maybe get more money and more training for groups of
2: people. Consortium grants are something we're super confident about Mass MVP, We work with them all the time. We have a grants team over here. Um, but what is one thing, if you had one thing that you could pick out before we close that you want the audience to, to take away from today?
4: There's a lot I think that you can do. And at the end of the day, the one thing that I want you to remember is that we have free money. And we are here to help you and um, you may not get everything you need from us for all the training but we will try uh, over and again to help you get what you need from us and um, we've uh, also removed I removed the requirement that precluded you from being able to uh, apply year to year so for instance if you applied this year and given money for OSHA 10 and come February 1st, if you would like to apply for money uh, for OSHA 30 training, it's not off the table. You're welcome to reapply. And our next grant um, availability for applications are going to run February 1st to April 30th of next year with the hopes that by the time the money becomes available in July, we submit and people don't have a delay in getting their money. Our uh, grant program, I don't know if you know this, it is a it's a reimbursement program, so please don't do any training that you're looking to get reimbursed for before we give you the okay. Because we have to go through a process, the process works like this, you do the application and submit it to us within the time frame. we review them. It is sort of a first come first serve basis, but we also look for a good story. Um, have you not applied and received money in the last, you know, 12 months. Um, is your story compelling in terms of you have a risk log of X number of injuries that you're trying to resolve. Here's how you're going to do it. Okay, um, and then After we do this and we do the recommended awards, it goes to a deputy director that then sends it to a secretary, that then sends it to the the governor, and then it sweeps back to us. So I'm hoping that this year's awards will be given sometime in the November, uh, in the month of November, but that's, that's my hope. I can't tell you because I have no idea how long they will hold them. Uh, or how quickly we'll be able to get back to people. But that's what we're hoping for. And we're hoping that next year when we're able to go forward, it's a faster process because again, it will be uh, all online. You will sign on, uh, fill in your information, and you won't have to send us documents. You'll be in a system. That's if everything goes well. If you want to talk about um the February grant and, and how you apply, we can get you prepped. It's not that far away and uh, would be more than willing to, to help you participate uh, in the next round, if you will. If you'd like to present for February and say, Marianne, we, we have some ideas. We're not ready. We're happy to work with you. So if by now people
1: haven't noticed that you love to give away money, they obviously are not listening hard enough. Um, but is there something that we can do to help so that this flow or this uh, what we like to call bank account will stay available for the manufacturers for this type of funding in the future?
4: Uh, the more applications that we get in, the more we're able to establish a greater need. But anything that you can do to the, you know, to present to the legislature saying, you know, we had hoped for more money, weren't able to get it, we support the initiative can, um, any of those things would be helpful, whether you write to your legislature or um, apply to us, all of those things would be beneficial.
1: Just as a, a question, you know, we obviously, MassMEP, you know, this is where we come in and this is, you know, how we connect with Darcy and that we do get a lot of manufacturers that reach out to us and for a while have not been able to get the funding to be able to cover for these trainings. So this opens a lot of doors and opportunities for us. And Darcy, you can kind of add to this. Do you think um, with where we're going and and what we're looking at, obviously COVID added a pretty big impact to the workforce. Do you think that these funds that are available, now's the time to take advantage of this? Do you think this is maybe gonna expand? Like, what are your thoughts on where this could go for the future?
3: So for any businesses that are on listening today, if you have a safety team, Right? You probably have a bucket list. You have the kind of the Watts and the needs. You already know if you're behind in areas when it comes to safety, you should already be looking at your injury and illness report. Someone is reporting your OSHA 300 logs. You know, you might be in a mod rating. You might even actually be in a, an insurance pool because you maybe had one bad incident that put you in a situation mm-hmm. for a long period of time that's impacting your ability to get business or, you know, or it's maybe it's a PR impact. There are lots of ways to start to address those things and those elements. But at the fundamental, you guys have to start doing the training, engaging your employees from a ground up approach, not just a top down, but actually from a bottom up. Invest in your people, teach them, see something, say something. Teach them how to identify a hazard. Prevention absolutely costs you guys less than actually responding to an incident or situation in the back. The DIA funding that money that's going to be available to you. Right now, you should be getting together with your teams and committee and thinking about what do we need to get done in 2023? What do we need to get done in 2024? And how, and, and put a plan behind it. If they want a good story, then think about how are you going to use these funds appropriately to get the trainings that you need done and then impact the culture, follow through, own it internally because as you know this grant typically is you're hiring a third party to come in board make sure when you're finding the right partnership with your third party that that third party is also willing to train invest teach educate you because there is no rule OSHA doesn't say that you have to hire all third parties to do it Uh, the goal should be is to use the third party and use this funding to actually train and teach your people on what to do so that you can take over in-house you can do it every day not once a year you're doing every single month that you're integrating it with all your new hires coming into play so think bigger picture think strategy think telling a story creating a story what's the goal what's the goal? it's not just checking a box. what's the goal behind doing this training? the need behind it. does that make sense, haley? yeah, absolutely. i think what happens,
1: you know, like we've we're fortunate now in in having this connection and and establishing this relationship that um you know, it's we have an opportunity to now reach out to these manufacturers that's obviously what we do that's who we are Uh, we like to make that connection and bridge that gap and so we know Darcy very well Uh, we we've worked with Darcy um, a lot of our clients currently work with Darcy Uh, We also, she's, you know, come in and she walks us through things. I've asked her many a times about, um, you know, different items and, you know, putting panels in. So if I need to escape the office, can I do that? Just, I know, and it is, but it's one of those topics today. And I think now with what's happened in the past two years, um, a lot of this seems to... um, It it was there, but I think the importance behind it and you saying, making sure you have that right fit and who's actually coming in and doing it. I think at one point, a lot of people felt like, oh, we can just do this ourselves, but we talk about this with cybersecurity. It's a very similar thing. I know it's, you know, you look at it, but it's keeping your company safe, maybe at a different level when it comes to, you know, your technology side, but it's still important this is your livelihood, this is your manufacturing organization. So to now have these opportunities and, you know, looking at some of these opportunities that exist that are in, you know, Marianne's presentation of just some of the popular trainings and trainings to consider. um, Are there any in here that you don't see that might be really important that maybe uh, we're not picking up on that, or just maybe some um, out there that maybe nobody's thinking of right now because they're just not, in that mode
4: yet. May, may I add a couple of things Haley? Sure. Um, we, we're seeing a lot this year and we are authorizing the, the really good ones. Um, a stress management, de-escalation uh, and violence in the workplace, active shooter when it's done very well. I mean we are trying to stay contemporary with the the stresses that are faced in the workplace and ter- you know in terms of today's day and age, in addition to the lockout tagout. But I also wanted uh, to take the opportunity to tell you, you know, when you're trying child- talking about telling your story don't think just about what's already occurred your near misses i always say in the claims world are your second chances because as darcy said it's much easier to prevent that injury from happening or that incident from happening than it is to have it already on your risk log so think about your near misses if you can get your employees to tell you or you have an ear to the ground about the things that almost happen are you having people that are slipping and falling but don't exactly they fall to the ground. You've got to wrench back someplace. Are you having somebody that's not knowing what they need to do with electric, you know, the electrical outlets? You have a lockout tagout issue um do you have anger in in the workplace anger management is not something that's been thought of fondly but i've seen some very very excellent programs and i will tell you i scrutinized them having sat on the other side of the desk as a claims examiner saying no i'm not going to sit you and go mm, for the afternoon but if you want to give your employees some actual skills In addition to, Mm. I'm all right with that. I just need to see the program. Um, And everybody knows when it comes to, in terms like de-escalation and active shooter, I like to see things paired together. We want to make sure your employees have the skills that they need to not only de-escalate, but to do something more than you know, run, hide, and fight. We know those from YouTube, and uh, th- those are out there. But it doesn't mean that just because we see them on YouTube that the workforce knows what to do when you have to hit the go button. to be you never have to, but you want to be prepared if that is something that that um, that will you think will apply to you. We've seen some wonderful defensive driving uh, programs. Um, Devin was actually subject to one last year and she actually got behind the wheel at a a training center i would suggest anybody that has deliveries um any type of road vehicles in the winter that defensive driving can do a little bit more than knowing when to apply the brakes i mean there's some great programs out there that i've been very impressed with um and and in terms of your story you know think long and hard about where you would like your company to go tell us things like you know we would like to prevent these injuries from occurring because we've had near misses or because we've had a loss and we don't want to repeat it. Um, We don't need you to write a book. We just want to, we want to know what you, what your objectives are, because our objective is to try and find a way to give you money to meet yours.
1: Got it. I think too, um, right now we obviously are going through, you know, workforces, number one topic that people talk to and their issues and their pain points that they're having these elements are part of that piece where as an employee you see that this organization is investing in this and sees the priority and the importance to it as well so it does add to that value for those employees as well. When you as a manufacturer can take a step back and say, we're doing these trainings and we're adding this. And it's not just about maybe continuous improvement, but there's also safety. Um, all different elements could be leadership. It could be culture change. This is, I think, what we've really started to see as a shift. I know what we see a lot at MEP, but it this is the value adds. So as an employer, you getting involved taking advantage of these opportunities of this funding that exists uh coming to us reaching out to us and saying hey we want to do this how do we do this what do we, what are the next steps you know this is great it adds that value to it and this is where the loyalty then will fall into play with employees who say my workplace is safe I'm comfortable um you know just like you were saying Darcy with I not I did not know and you know I don't know if that's common knowledge to a lot of people that that exists that You can, you know, you can call in if you're not comfortable. So why not be ahead of that and just do it and then have such a stronger workforce than because of it?
3: And and we, oh, I'm sorry. I was just to say, I just encourage any of the companies that are listening today, uh, the Department of Industrial Accidents, their office, Devin, Maria, they are super approachable. So you need to not, if you are concerned about the process, you don't understand the process, even in setting your goals, or you wanna kind of talk out what's going on or what you're thinking, reach out to them. They will guide you. They're unbelievably approachable and helpful on the customer service side of things when it comes to this grant. Go ahead, Miriam. Should you want to get the
4: grant, even to see what it looks like, you can go to safety at mass.gov. Just send an email to that. And what will land back in your uh, inbox is the application. And then you'll be able to find from there all the other information via the John Doe, the landing page, um, everything that you need to, to, to take a look at the grant and call us, you know, or email us and we're happy to help you. But I also want you to think in terms of not just injuries and near misses, we're interested in helping you prevent as well as resolve. So there is a lot of opportunity for you to be creative here. Um, we're not gonna write you policies and procedures. Uh, we can't do that, the, fund, the, the grant isn't designed for that. But if you have policies and procedures and you need to train people to make sure that they are safe using them, we can be here for you. Um, the other thing that I wanna tell you is that January will start the season of safety. February 1 is an application. Okay, so then
1: what we're hearing is in February 1 of 2023, people need to start the application process. So make sure those of you that are listening out there, um, we can do that. And I'm sure this is something we can probably get on our website also when we put the podcast up, correct?
2: Definitely. Visit MassMVP.org.
1: Oh, there we go. She's always got to get those plugs in. She's good at that. She's a good, she's a good plugger. So, yeah. So, well, thanks. We want to, um, thanks Darcy and thanks, uh, to Marianne for joining us today. We appreciate it for taking the time out and, uh, thanks to everyone listening to the MassMEP manufacturing podcast
0: and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the MassMEP manufacturing podcast, transforming manufacturing enterprises. You can subscribe to our channel. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can always go to our website at MassMAP.org. So we'll see you next time, whether it's our space, your space, or cyberspace.